You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. And today in Pacerland, training camp officially begins. The players are all in action, working out, fighting for roster spots, fighting for rotation spots, being together, being mostly healthy, which for the Pacers is strange. And we had a lot of media day yesterday to break down. We heard from Rick Carlisle. We heard from Kevin Pritchard. We heard from several players. It was fantastic. So we're going to break down all of media day. I was in the building. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. I got to hear it all. I got to hear them talk. About their new stadium name, Bankers Life Fieldhouse is now Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Eric Holcomb and Joe Hogsett were in the building to talk about that as well. It was a crazy day. And to break down media day from start to finish with me, my lovely co-host, Mr. Adam Friedman. Adam, how are you doing? You know, I, the one thing I will say, you and I both have this sort of, we're kicking ourselves. We saw that, or you told me that Holcomb and uh, Hogsett were going to be there. And I like couldn't figure out why. I was like, it's got to be, you know, something business. They're building something, whatever, related <laughs> And uh, and then when you told me, oh, it's the new stadium, I'm like, man, we should have known that in advance. To be that's, fair, you were close. It. You guessed it had something to do with the stadium renovations. That's kind of close, I would yeah, say. Yeah, but I, I remember uh, Scott Agnes put out a tweet about the stadium name, like, I don't know, too. So like, he didn't give the name, but he's like, oh, they're going to be a new name. And that should have clicked for me in that moment. But uh, my uh, journalism brain, where it usually works, was not was not on, on, on <laughs> fire, unfortunately, last night at like 11, remember we recorded. Yeah, that's a small berry thing to put at the beginning, but that's what they started with. Bankers Life Fieldhouse is no more. It is now Gainbridge Fieldhouse. I will inevitably mess that up on this podcast several oh, times. I'll, I'll call Conseco still probably. Or, yeah. You know, Always good to have a local business be the name on the stadium, though. So, totally. I, I mean, that's pretty much the only barometer I have for caring about this. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. CEO spoke. He's from Muncie. Great. Love it. Heck, um, so, just finding a sponsor is like a big deal, right? Yeah, some yeah, yeah. You can't find sponsors. So <laughs> all as long as somebody's paying, it means the team is popular enough. Okay. Okay, so what we're going to do is there's a lot of recurring storylines that we heard all day from several people, and we could go storyline by storyline, but then I feel like we'd be bouncing around a lot from like, this guy said this to this guy said this, this guy said this, and it'd get kind of confusing, whereas I think with with going person by person, while we'll be jumping from topic to topic a little bit, we can kind of see that person's message in a way that I think will kind of guide you through what happened at Media Day and what we learned about the Pacers yesterday. So that's how I think it makes sense to do it. And that's how it is in my notes. So it's easier to talk that way. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the best way to do it. So the order we had it in the media room was Rick Carlisle, Justin Holiday, Miles Turner, Sabonis, TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis Levert, Kevin Pritchard. And then I talked to uh, Tori Craig, Goga Batadze, and TJ McConnell after that on my own. So we'll start with Rick, the new coach. And we've heard a lot of stuff from him already about the stuff he would get asked on me today, right? Welcome to your new team. How's it feel to be back in Indiana? All that. Uh, I'm going to point out what I asked for all these people every time. So I asked him about, you know, this is his first time changing team since uh, over a decade ago. How does that kind of transition go? And he talked about how he's going to lean on his coaching staff a lot. Uh, his assistant coaching staff, he was psyched about the Lloyd Pierce hire. The only noteworthy thing about his answer to me was that he said, we're really excited to have Lloyd Pierce as our assistant, but we're sad because we know we'll lose him to be a head coach of another team in a few years. So I thought that was noteworthy. But the biggest thing Carlisle said that I can actually spring back to Adam he was talking about TJ Warren's timeline and he described it as quote weeks and not months, Adam. That is pretty good news. Yeah, that's fantastic news. The question is, did he mean weeks based on now or weeks of the regular season? There's a yeah, there, so the, the trouble I have with the exact phrasing that he used is we heard later in the presser that he will be evaluated again in three weeks with another scan of his foot. He had one last week that revealed good news too. Uh, so does he mean we getting scanned basically? It sounds like, yeah. So it's, so it's, does that does what Carlisle saying mean weeks from that scan? Does it mean weeks from right now? Does it mean, like you said, weeks from the start of the regular season? Uh, and I, and if, if I was just like thinking about it, I would guess he means like he will miss weeks like of the regular season. So I think it's weeks from opening night if I had to guess, but that is just a guess. I don't actually know, but still not months is good to hear. So maybe we'll see him in the calendar year 2021 on a return, but the scan in three weeks is the big thing we learned there, that kind of timeline. Uh, and that, that was the big news of media day. We will, we'll get to Warren himself and what he said on his injury later, but 
know, that that's good news from Carlisle. That's the only kind of concrete ish timeline stuff we got today. So that that that's good news to me. So I'm I'm trying to remember now. I guess Warren's last injury update was the seventh. It looks like September. Uh, he of September, right? So I guess he's. I was trying to figure. Is he probably getting scanned once a month? Let's say, or once maybe every three weeks? I think it's so, about that. He got scanned right before that, and then he got scanned last week. So if you do the math, there it's probably about every three weeks or four okay. weeks. Okay. So so I guess I mean it sounds like he'll get scanned about a, like around the start of the season. So I, maybe that's when we'll get kind of an official timeline. I think because yep. and my guess is right. He's getting monthly or, or bi-weekly or whatever you call them scans and that's probably when he was like he thought he was on pace and then maybe the scan said oh your bone isn't quite completely healed you're gonna need an extra month so maybe we'll we'll know after that you know first you know week of, of october games what his timeline is well i was asked about who the locker room leaders are are for him so far uh because remember that was a big thing kevin pritchard talked about in his postseason presser last year is that they kind of have we're lacking that last year. And we'll actually talk about last season a fair bit today because that was kind of a hot topic too. Brogdon was a name that was mentioned a lot in leadership talks today, which was good. Someone is stepping up. Remember, Brogdon um, put together that trip out to California uh, that, the, that the whole team was a part of for that workout. Maybe not the whole thing, but he was a big uh, you know, advocate for putting that he is together. He's the highest paid player, so he maybe should have yeah, it, right? Yes, that's true. Uh, he talked about on the Woj pod that he, I don't know how integral he was in this or if this was a whole team decision, but you know, the team coming back early for camp, right? A lot of them have already been back working out together. So it seems like uh, Carlisle lauded him for stepping up there, which was good. Uh, you have any thoughts there? Or is that just, yes, you're the highest played player. Good job. Yeah. I mean, Brogdon is, he, he, I guess Turner's the most like longest tenured pacer, but Brogdon should be the team to affect the leader considering just like the persona he gives off publicly, right? He just comes off as a leader. At the same time, he's probably the team's oldest, highest paid, most important player. You add those like three factors. He comes out as the as the as the guy. So yeah, he should be the leader. Carlisle has is vaccinated. He said himself. He said the team is at a very high percentage. Uh, I think we got the percentage from Pritchard later. We'll get into that specifically. So I think they're close to 100 percent the Pacers are, but not quite there. I think we learned today from I forget what report that. Road teams traveling to states can still play unvaccinated players in that arena, but players who live there can't. I don't. I didn't. What? I, I know. I, I know. It sounds strange. I can't remember where I read the difference from, but that that actually is the ruling apparently. So it might not actually matter for a games played thing. I thought it was like an enter arena. Thing. I think that was uh, the ESPN report from Baxter Holmes, but I don't want to misquote anyone and say that incorrectly. So, um, but I thought that's what I what I heard today. So don't no one quote me on that unless I find it while I'm still talking, but that, okay. you know, the high percentage, good, not a hundred percent, not as great. So, yeah. Yeah. I do wonder how many of the last, what there's Martin and there's five more guys competing for that last spot, theoretically are vaccinated and whether that could play a factor, right? That was a big thing around the NFL season of like, you know, if you're like on that edge, you probably need to get vaccinated. Cause like if it's between an unvaccinated player, they might just go with the vaccinated one. Cause he's a better chance to be, you know, reliably there all all year long versus like a chance of just randomly missing a week for you know a close contact yeah uh it's not the baxter home story i don't remember where this popped into my brain today but whatever um another guy that carlo talked about a lot isaiah jackson he said quote i have not seen a guy defend the way he does adam there's your rookie praise that we were joking about yesterday a lot of said, i think right you told me he hit the rookie praise and the cliche praise he did hit. He yeah. It was it was not as cliche as like the normal phrase, but it was very close. Yes. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't player X is really good at thing Y and the best I've ever seen and could be. <laughs> he, the best he, he did say he's uh, one of the more versatile defenders he's seen for his age. So ah, nailed it. <laughs> there it is. I love that. I love that media dayisms. The other the last thing I thought was noteworthy is from Carlisle as he said that Dwight Powell and JJ Barea, two players that played for him for the Mavs who tore their Achilles, reached out to Edmund Sumner and offered some advice and some praise. And those two came back and played well for Dallas post-injury. So that is, uh, I guess, that's the only Edmund Sumner stuff we had all day, but that is at least encouraging that he has coached players through this injury before. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Sumner's career is over. No, I don't either. I mean, it's just just another major setback that he'll have to overcome, unfortunately. Yep, I agree. All right, the next one we'll do, the next player we'll do had a shorter session. Justin Holiday. Uh, he was the first player we talked to today. He talked about being excited to play for Rick Carlisle. Uh, this is Justin Holiday's third coach in three seasons with the Pacers, which is pretty crazy. Um, but excited to, to play for Rick Carlisle. I think that's obvious from 
a lot of players. But this is a theme we got from some players, too, that I thought was interesting, especially from Justin, who has been around the block playing in Europe, playing on a championship team in Golden State, traded a lot, a lot of agencies. He mentioned that last year was really taxing on players uh, because of the situation. We kind of knew that, but, you know, a lot of players talked today about how that played into a lot of the off-court strife we learned about from the Pacers last year. So a lot of them were, you know, talking about how this offseason has them like ready to go and in a better mood. And Justin Holiday kind of articulated that really well, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think with Holiday, the I'm trying to best way to put this. The the thing with him is just he should have a good pulse on on the team, right? Because of his years here and whatnot. And he I think actually Kravitz said it best. It's kind of a thing where like he's finally settled in as his team, or like kind of or his city, his place. Like not maybe like he's the leader of the team, but like if the team is going to be on long term, and so that, that should be like he should have some good thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought you know, he's always a noteworthy guy to listen to and talk to. And he was at the he talked a lot about how he went, how he felt. You know, so like he said, he never felt as happy for another person as in his life as when he was at the championship. Uh, with Drew Holiday, and he was, uh, you know, sitting in media, and he just smiled a bunch. Well, that was really cool. So, yeah, um, yeah. Who is his brother anymore? Did Did he get asked about that at all? No, he did not get asked about Aaron at all. He talked about Aaron. Um, I forget when he did that already, right? Didn't he? Did he? I, he might have. You know, there's, there's, the guys are a lot of social media. I can't say I'm, I'm like tuned into everything yeah. they put off in the off season in social media. Uh, the, the report I'm referring to earlier about vaccinations, by the way, comes from Sports Illustrated's Wilton Jackson. It is. Following local government policies in New York and San Francisco, unvaccinated Knicks, Nets, and Warriors players would not be allowed to play in home games. However, visiting players would be exempt from the vaccination requirements in New York City or San Francisco. So even though the page are not at 100%. But not not Los Angeles, it sounds like. uh, That is not listed in this article. I guess that is true. I guess LA could be another one here. Although I don't know if LA has the so I they had, like those those rules were like he, he couldn't enter the stadium if he weren't vaccinated. So I don't know why a player would be allowed in. I think it's a residence thing, but, you know, that was something that I thought would be a factor for the Pacers vaccination status, but it sounds like that that part, at least, is not the case. So speaking of actually, this is not a speaking of, but uh, let's let's pivot. I was going to say speaking of players not playing in games, let's pivot to T.J. Warren. But before we pivot to T.J. Warren off my terrible segue, let's talk about the great folks over at rockauto.com because there are a bunch of makes and models for cars out there, and it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need for your car or truck. You got to go in to the auto parts shop, look for what you need. They don't have it. Ask the guy behind the counter. He'll just order it. So then you got to wait to go pick it up later. You could just order it yourself at home. If you have computer access, you can go to rockauto.com. Could be in your pocket on your phone. You can save time and money when doing so. You could save 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. If you use rockauto.com, they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer, and they'll have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, all there at rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. TJ Warren took to the stand himself, which I like that. You know, it's it uh, they they can't really put injury guys up on the stands a lot. It's kind of like the NBA PR rules, but they were able to put Warren up in front of us today, which was great. He talked about uh, first of all, he's in a boot that sucks. And I kind of talked about his injury a little with Carlisle already, but he just said it's a slower healing thing. He doesn't think he'll need surgery again, uh, and he doesn't have a specific timetable himself. But these scans, I think, are the key thing. We'll find out more in three weeks. And that's kind of every question that he answered. Did, did was, he say whether he was like practicing before and went back to a boot or he did say that he was working out before, but he didn't call it a setback. He just said it was something that's slow healing, but he was working out before. So it, maybe it was just like they identified that he shouldn't be doing that, but he, he was asked specifically with the term setback in the question, if it was that, and he, he did not say it was, I, I mean, it's possible he was skirting around that answer because Media day, everything is great, yada yada. But yeah, uh, he made it. He did make it seem like it was just part of the process. That said, you know, I understand with injuries why he wouldn't want it to seem like that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. I guess could you could he like be doing something but then put on a boot afterwards, or is that defeat the purpose of it? I, yeah, I was gonna say that would be odd to do the workouts in the middle. Right, but again, but, I guess, I but you could probably do some workouts in the boot, right? You could probably like stationary shooting would be my guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or stuff like that, or like at least arm weights. I and mean, that's, uh, I don't know, at least I hope we, I mean, I'm pretty doing something, right? I'm sure he's not just like sitting around. <laughs> right, right. Oh, but, he said uh, he's getting shots up all, when he can. I mean, with, yeah, his, arm, just, with his arm. I just, it, yeah, if he's just been in a boot, I mean, it's, it's probably going to, you know, got to get the boot off and then it's going to take some time to get just into game shape and back to like, you know what I mean? His normal, like, oh, I wanted meeting. to add that in when we heard about weeks, not months from Carlisle. That could just be like weeks to to return to like practice or like, be able to do stuff right like it could still be months to return to games right yeah like he probably hasn't i mean at this point hasn't really like practiced like a full practice of basketball and almost what it'd be like nine a formal now. practice but yeah yeah long nine time. months like probably, actually, yeah like gone and shot around and been normal in nine months i mean that's it'll probably take, reach like 11 or 12 by the time it actually yeah it's, it's gonna take some time to get back i mean that's just just that in general I mean, we saw with karis the who was only out for like two months it took him a couple of weeks even just to get kind of back to to where he was before that's not that was acclimating to the new team but yeah it's gonna it's gonna take him time for sure uh karis will get to him but he said that he never got into full shape last season actually so um the, you know, that stuff <laughs> that's yeah. a good sign if that's what that was that's true him Wait, yeah this year, so I mean. so that that kind of stuff really matters like it's really hard mid-season to to, to get up to full speed especially if you're karis and you're joining pretty late in the year but he also has a new haircut. Uh, TJ Warren has a fade now instead of cornrows. It was very weird to see him with like hair, hair on his full head. And he just said he's staying positive through rehab. He's excited to to play again and, and show what he can do with with the new coaching staff. Like everyone who joined that summer, right? Him and Brogdon, and Justin Holiday, right? They've all had three coaches in three years with the Pacers, right? So they're all looking forward to seeing what a new coach can do for them and, and help the situation that this team is in. Yeah, that's... That's a shocking it. number of players. Well, yeah, no, I mean, just the three and three years thing now, it's just sort of kind of just done. That's a, that's a pretty like heavy turnover. I mean, that's just like a lot of changes in, in, in styles. Yeah. So the new guys that year, Goga, Brogdon, Justin Holiday, um, Jeremy oh. Lamb. Uh, was McConnell new that year as well? Yes. Wasn't McConnell. he? I believe he was. McConnell was new that year. Right. They had a lot of guys join the TJ Warren. Right. That's like a bunch well, they, of dudes. They kind of reinvented the team outside of the basically the two centers from right. what 18 to 1920 because they had a kind of a downish year. Vic was hurt so that they had to kind of like change the fly. Bojan was out and Carlson retired. So they had to make a move really quick. Right. So that stuff really matters. Right. It adds up. It adds up and and changing coaches and styles. It makes it a little harder to, to get chemistry and develop even when you have continuity. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the notes on TJ Warren. After he spoke, Miles Turner was up. Big season coming for him and his fit with Sabonis. And I'm sure he's so tired, so tired of talking about those two together. I can't remember if it was him or or um, Domas that said it, but I'm going to pull something up really quick. Yeah, Domas said it's going to be our fifth season together this year. And he said that, and I was like, no way. But it is. It's going to be their fifth season on the same team, which is just absolutely wild to think about that it's been five years. Yeah, I had that decade first, of Turbonus questions. Yeah, but that first year they didn't play it all together, and it wasn't not really very much. No. Seventeen, eighteen, right? Yeah, Sabonis only played like twenty-four minutes a game that season. Well, he was just like the solid backup center, and Turner was the starting center, and they basically split minutes and Turner missed a bunch of games that year, so it ended yep. up being kind of basically that the entire time. So Turner, uh, on the topic of you know, Carlisle said he envisions potentially using him more as a lob guy. I asked him about that specifically, and he said when they were chatting, you know, in Dallas or wherever they had their conversations this summer they did discuss something like that or just turner being utilized more with the ball or in, in screen actions in general uh he wants he said he wants has wanted more utilization for a little bit and that makes sense his use his usage has gone down a bunch with you know a lot of ball handlers coming into this team i don't think he'll get significantly more usage but i get why he would want more and i think that using him as a screener that rolls adding that variation is good he's got the athleticism to be a good lob threat i just I want to see how often it happens, but I think it could be a, a much boon to his game. If I, you know, in, in the rosy take, it, it could be a fault if it means that Sabonis isn't screening as much because Sabonis is one of the best screeners in the NBA. But I would, I, I am excited to see Turner with more varied approaches to what he does after setting a screen. Yeah, for me, it, it maybe isn't even his Sabonis minutes. It's his non-Sabonis minutes. How much is he in the offense at that point? Yeah, because I think that's where he can elevate his offensive game right if you get him in in the right of efficiency plays right efficient plays and you allow like and you allow him in those minutes to be the screener once the bonus is out there or allow him to like not just sit in the corner the entire time it, it, it could kind of boost his offense just slightly i mean he's not going to be like a 20 point game score but he, he could be at 12 if he's you know shooting a decently high percentage of getting the free throw line occasionally 
on his fit with Domas, which, you know, every time there's any media, anything with Turner, that's going to come up. You know, he's not going to detail anything specific. He said about their plans for, for fitting together this year, but he did say that he has a lot of faith in Carlisle just to utilize them. Well, given, you know, the Mavs offensive ratings, the last couple of seasons, which I thought was pretty good. He talked about how, you know, he thinks their offensive fits pretty natural, just given their skill sets, but on defense is the end they have to improve on. I mean, again, five, we're on year five of, of, of kind of beating the same drums on this. I don't want to go too long on this, but right. We, we know the talking points by now. The team gets it as well, which I thought was interesting. Two other minor things I want to get to on Turner, unless you have any more thoughts on what he said about Turbonus. No, I think that's, that's boilerplate content. <laughs> you can listen to any of our 60 podcasts on that subject matter if, you, uh, if you're interested in how we feel yeah. on that. Uh, he said it took him three to four months to get fully healed from his toe injury. They kept him out in April, which is pretty crazy. I mean, that basically August, means... Right? That basically means he got back like yeah August like August which was last month. So. Yeah, that that fits his time on Instagram, right? I mean, he I said, agree. I just that's a longer injury than I thought. And I think what he means though by fully healthy is that like, but like he was able to start working out, but to get back to the shape he was in April it took him three or four months. Yes, which is I about agree. expected. I think actually in any injury, it's a multi weeks. Yeah. Uh, and given that a lot of people were asking about Isaiah Jackson, I I was wanting to point out the questions I asked guys. I asked Warren if he would need another surgery. He said he doesn't think so. Didn't ask Justin Holiday anything because I'm bad at preparing. Apparently, I asked Turner, like I said, about talking with Carlisle about being used as a lob threat. I also asked Turner about Isaiah Jackson because someone talked about his defense being really good for his age. And I, since Turner's the best defender on the team, I want to know what he thought there. And he just thought his potential is so huge because he can switch so well. He didn't talk about the athleticism as much as other people who talked about Isaiah Jackson. He thought it was crazy that he can already switch and guard like every position on the court. So. Uh, a lot of praise for Isaiah Jackson's defense from the Pacers' best defender. You're so, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but like, I guess a, a good person or a commentary in the way, the sense of like, you can use what other people ask during press conference. I know you like to use what you ask. Oh, I can, like, I can. You I are there. You are. It's not like you're not asking questions. No, but I want to I wanna take people through the mind of why I ask the questions I ask, right? Like, like obviously, there's the big stories that, that everybody wants to ask and talk about. Like, I, I want to know the answers to those questions too, but there's a lot of other stuff. Um, I'm scrolling through my tweets to see the timeline of when this happened. We have one more player that happened, but the way the show is going to work out with breaks, it might not work out. But Jakar Sampson uh, in the middle of media day signed uh, in Italy with his, with the new team in Italy. So Jakar Sampson right. will not be returning to the Pacers or the NBA next season. But Good I thought that was a pretty funny thing to happen in the middle in the middle of media day. He gave him that bag. That's, that's all. Yeah, he got a two-year deal over there, which probably means he got quite a bit of money to, to sign over there. And Good. his team's pretty Italy. Good. I, mean, other... I know it's, it's we're in the middle of the pandemic still, but Italy's a nice place to live for a little yeah, while. Yeah, but I don't know much about, is it bologna? Is it pronounced like the the me to the town in Italy. I'd probably sound really I, uh, I, I shot him look over to Marina there to see if she knew she went and she, oh, she had no idea. So someone's going to roast me for that one. It's, it's spelled like bologna, but to I our think... Italian podcast listeners, please roast Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Sabonis was next. I don't want to fly through him, but I, we have a lot more people to get to after a break. So we'll do Sabonis now. Um, first of all, he like Turner talked about Carlisle being good at utilization. Uh, on offense especially, and he's confident that Carlisle can get guys in the right spots, which for him, a guy who's going to be involved in a lot of the actions and a lot of the quick nature of Carlisle's offense, I think that's a, an exciting fit for him, and he thought a lot about that. Yeah, I think that's, again, kind of <laughs> kind of boilerplate content on, yeah, the, yeah. on, the, on the two centers. What do you, I would love him to be brutally honest, be like, I don't think we fit, but I don't think they're going to say that. Yeah, he said they feel great on the court together, as usual. I mean, they they really do like playing together. Like, I think they both know that maybe it isn't, like, the best possible situation for them. But they both, all the time, have talked about how they feel like they fit great together. And, yes, it is Sabonis. I even put this in all caps. You're five with him next to me. Well, so here's the thing. If both can shoot 40% from three, I think a lot of problems will be solved. <laughs> yes, that, that yeah, that's the case for a no, lot I'm of people. I'm saying that's possible, <laughs> but I'm saying that's the way to play together. I mean, ultimately, yeah. right? I mean, I think defense, you still have some issues, but you can make it work if you're both basically could just sit there and drain threes all day. Right. Yeah, I think that that's a funny way to, to think about it. It's, it's it's five years just seems way longer than I thought. They really have only played the three years as Turbonus, right? And this the first year it was bench Turbonus. Turbonus was benched for two years, really. Yeah. And his first year he wasn't even that good. No, first year he was pretty solid. I thought 17, 18. I thought he was putting up. Uh, he was really good like, in 18, 19 off the bench, like 14 points a game then. Oh, I thought 17, 18, he had those surprising games where he would have like eight of eight or 12, 12. TJ Leaf was a rookie when Turbonus officially started. Like, that's yeah, crazy. Now, now TJ Leaf is no longer in the league. Right? Yeah, that, I, that's just wild to think about. I can't believe that. 
how yeah, long Tony, you know that was i know it, I, I know that but i didn't know it either we've been doing this podcast for five years that's that's how long they've been together you just you just hear these numbers and it just blows your mind the he talked about enjoying playing for lithuania and how it'll help him you know stay in shape be basketball ready when the season starts nothing crazy there and the focus in camp adam the boring stuff building chemistry within a new system can you believe that the pacers uh want to have more chemistry you know i would say with versus warren's not going to be out next year they should have a ton of really good chemistry they all played together last year basically yeah each other so a lot of continuity which we'll get to a continuity question that i asked the president of basketball operations after we take another break we still got brogdon karis kp some minor thoughts from other players so stay tuned we got a lot more pacers media day content coming your way but first gotta talk about the great folks over at Sleeper, because in 2018, the Sleeper fantasy sports experts realized fantasy basketball is shattered. Games are being won and lost based on players playing more in the scheduled games that week. Didn't make sense. You didn't have to think that hard about who you're playing. Just pick the guy playing the most games, slap him in your lineup. Sleeper said, screw that. We're making fantasy basketball better. They made a new mode called Game Pick, only available on Sleeper. And Game Pick owners only pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent simply has more scheduled games are over. Mindless busy work, done. Getting Giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work, done. Sleepers, gotcha, covered. Go check them out. They cracked the fantasy basketball code. They also have great fantasy football, which I know because I'm a user of it. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Pick's download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And let's also talk about the great folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is back and bet online is your number one sports for all the pro and college action. The season and the NBA starts in like a week. There's going to be preseason games. So they've got everything you need over there. Head over to that website on your mobile device, on your laptop, whatever sign up today. You'll receive a 100% welcome bonus with your initial deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 when you sign up to get that deal from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2020-21 season on betonline.ag. Again, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. If you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you will also get, not additionally, but you know you can also get a welcome bonus match with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we got some guards coming up. After Sabonis talked, Brogdon was first up. He got asked a lot about that leadership stuff because that's a big, I think that's a pretty underrated storyline for a Pacers pivot this year is, you know, we heard it from Pritchard, which makes it a big deal that he didn't think they had enough of a leader. That is what it is. But the the fact that Brogdon is already one taking the onus upon himself is, is a big deal. But two, when you're going from one coach to another, having someone more vocal who can be, more involved in the locker room this season is it can, can only be helpful, right? It makes Rick Carlisle's job easier. It makes the Pacers chemistry stuff a lot easier. And I think that, you know, Oladipo, well, right. He was on the team last year in training camp and he's been the leader for a long time. Yeah. But he said last year or was it last year, even two years ago when he said, when he came back to the team, he thought it was different right away. Cause sure, come, but, but I know that the from and, player interactions, they still viewed Vic that way, even if the vibe was different. Yeah. Cause I mean, at his best, he was like a top 15 player and so yes yeah. hard to not to not be like that guy's our leader if he could play that way yeah the pedigree of being a stud ties to the state i mean he'd still been with the team for three years at that point so he was you know he was really viewed as a leader last year and now he's not here so someone's gonna have to step up brogdon taking that approach i think is really i mean duh but it's a, it's a good thing for the team and in the absence of depot who's been that guy for a while now even when he was hurt to a small extent uh that, that's good for the team and i'm glad that that you know, Pritchard challenges the team to have someone do it. I'm glad Brogdon's stepping up. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, I mean, it, it makes sense when you add him. Years in the league, just like age, right? He's one of the the older players on the team at this point. I think he's, what, almost 20, he's 29 already? Um, yeah, he's, yeah, something. Close, 20 or 29. <laughs> 28, uh, but turns 29 soon, yeah, I think. Yeah, the money he makes, just the the respect he has around the league, just for his, like, opinions and stuff like that. I'll make him the, the right guy to be the team's leader. I mean, I think Sabonis or Turner is a is a logical next one, but I just don't know if they're quite there yet. Both are under 25 or younger, so that makes some sense. Um, they'll probably eventually be a, a Sabonis team, but I think it's good for now for Brogdon to kind of step in as a leader, at least this year. Given his his off-court work right in Africa, which he talked about today, building clean water wells there this summer, and his work in social justice, and he's on the NBA Players Association Leadership Committee, 
it always made sense to me that it should be Brogdon, right? And, and Pritchard challenged, he said, multiple players to step up. So it was kind of wait and see who it's going to be. But in my head, it was like, shouldn't shouldn't it be Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was Brogdon as a leader, I assume. Right. Since that. He was definitely vocal before. I don't know if, you know, Pritchard wouldn't challenge guys to be a leader if he was vocal, but not a leader. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, I like, think that's what the I case figured was. He was a leader since the first three months he was in Indiana and he was took the team to that really nice start in 2019-20. Yeah, he's certainly an encore leader for years. So th- this is good from him. I see that step up. Adam, you'll you'll be shocked to know this this bit of information. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon thinks the Pacers are a playoff team. I saw I saw the seven tweets from the or the one was the, me. One was me. Well, you Kravitz. I'm a uh, sucker. The, what can I the, say? Like seven other reporters who were there from each station. Uh uh, yeah. I mean, you think like you said, would he go on and say, you yeah. know, I just don't think we're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> I think we're gonna win 15 games. Name who's who's the top like college player right now? I have no idea. Okay, well, whoever that is, we're getting him. I would just love to hear him say that. That would be funny. Yeah, I know that. That's a dumb thing to say. He's the only person who, who said something like that. Or was really not a dumb it. thing to say. It was probably based on a question that was asked, which is fine. And, and that's he was, it's kind of yeah. like the media training a thing, or like you know to say that, right? I don't know. I don't want to Talks call him about- a dumb question because he might have just said it off the cuff, right. anyways. He also, you'll be shocked to know this, uh, wants to build culture and identity for the team uh, in training camp. So, I think that was you know, most teams are trying, most teams aren't trying to do that. So it's pretty, pretty interesting that the Pacers are, you know, looking to set a culture here. And when asked about how the team can get better on defense after last year, he just said commit. And a lot of guys kind of shared a similar sentiment of like, look, a lot of defense is just trying really hard. And sure, certainly we've talked about how a lot of the success under McMillan was effort and a lot of their defensive success went away last year, and I know a lot of that was schematically based, but defense a, a lot of times is effort. So I think we will see better effort. Yeah, I think when you're not having fun playing basketball, your defense gets really bad really quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think and last year was, again, taxing for a lot of guys. I mean, because I think in most years, especially what they had back-to-back years of, good, of really good defensive good defensive ratings and like the first years of McMillan under, with him and Vic. And that's because the team was like exceeding expectations. The players were having fun. They were playing really good basketball. Like it all made sense, right? The last year they were having none of that. <laughs> none of it. Next up was Levert, our last player of the day. And I thought he was an interesting one because this is his first media day with not Brooklyn, right? That was my question. Oh, <laughs> my question to Brogdon was about defense. Uh, Levert, I asked about, you know, this is your first time on a new team. How does that help a lot? And he says that's going to help him a lot with team chemistry. Uh, and, and it'll help. You know, I asked this question for Levert, but I'm glad he answered the way he did. We're like, yeah, it'll help him build chemistry with his teammates. But also the the inverse is important, right? Like them understanding him better and his tendencies better is also a benefit they get from this camp that they didn't have last year. And that offseason stuff is always talked about it as important for players. It's like you spend the offseason with the team you're going to be on. You know that 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 helps a lot with growth of the new team. So I think that's a big deal for 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 Karis. Oh yeah, chemistry he, right now. he got. I mean, last year was just rough for me. He Horrible. traded mid season. Then he had to have like a scare with whatever was it? We term as cancer. Or we don't know. It was, was cancer. Right? Yeah, it was cancer. Right. So then he missed eight weeks, which means then he was probably not. You know, took at least a little bit before he could like actually like go back to working out and training whatnot. Then he gets thrown into a brand new team, like already what we call 45 games into the season. Then he has to kind of be like the main offensive guy because it's a bunch of injuries, right? Like all things that like he, he did a good job stepping into, but now he'll come in and like the training camp, he'll, he'll be kind of a semi leader or like a, a focus on, you know, being an offensive like leader on the team and he'll be able to like work with all the players and see what people do well and whatnot. Like it's going to be great for him. And last year it was just like, could have been, could have been in a worst situation to succeed. And he did succeed despite it, but man, it, it was rough. <laughs> Yeah, I asked him about that, That right? You're on a new team this time instead of Brooklyn. How does that change? And, and adding COVID, too. I mean, yeah, last, right. I mean, that's just like, man, he just. Yeah, last year was just nuts for absolutely everybody. Like, Well, for him especially. I mean, that's just right. like craziest year of his life, probably. Uh, he said he had a great summer in terms of like working out and, and staying in shape, which, uh, again, media day is zone, but he's the only guy who said it individually at that level. And then the other noteworthy thing he said, I mentioned it earlier, is that he, he never really got quite into full shape last season you know he got into into shape to play in games and stuff but not quite to like the like yeah i'm i'm karis lavert i'm gonna you know be the guy like full perfect everything i don't think yeah, he like, ever thought I, like, like i i have the 
there's like a string between me and the ball and the hoop and I can, I can yeah. play the defender to the right and juke back to the left and drain a jumper over his head kind of move. He didn't quite have that completely down. He also said the best of ability is availability and he's going to try to be healthy this year. I know everybody's going to try to be healthy, but it's yeah, just certainly again, it sounds like again, I love a player say, I'm just going to be hurt all year. You know, yeah, I'm going to walk in and, and Scotty Pippen in 98, right? I'm just going to get surgery <laughs> and miss 30 games until, until, until you guys. Yeah, breaking news out of Pacers camp. Goga and Karras want to be healthier this season. I know I can't, I, I, I was thinking they might say the opposite, but all right. Then the, the big one, Kevin Pritchard to the podium. Right. And, and we've talked to him a few times this summer, right? His media day availability is easily his most boring uh, of the year because he talks after free agency after and around the draft and, you know, in the middle of summer, right after the season, I got, there's not a lot of new stuff to ask him about this time compared to other times he does pressers during the season, regardless, still very important to get stuff from his mouth. That's kind of been conjecture. He talked about the Warren injury now everybody heals differently from an injury like that. And he said, you know, well, he was the one who officially said when the scan was that's in three weeks and that we'll know more in three weeks or so. The fact that he would reveal that timeline, you know, straight from his mouth is more important than absolutely anyone else's. So that was good. Um, but he also lauded Brogdon for the leadership. And, you know, I, I'm not that I would doubt Rick Carlisle, but from the guy who asked someone to step up to be a leader, that's always more impactful to me, at least. Yeah, I think that's it's. That's sort of the job of who, like the the whoever's in charge, right? If, if he sees like a like right, like it's sort of like a management thing, right? If you see people below you not stepping up, you have to either find somebody who can step up or challenge people from within to to reach their potential. Let's call it right. So that's yeah. I'm glad that it means. I guess is he probably had you know offices and talk with every player or whatever he does and he talked to them and probably challenged a few of them to become leaders on the team because the team needed it clearly last year. He said the team is ninety to get numbers on it ninety to ninety five percent vaccinated. Uh, there's only 15 to 20 guys on the team, depending on what he was referring to. So, so. it's 18 are vaccinated, right? You can 19. do the math on how many are not potentially vaccinated of the crew there. Is but 19 95%, right? It would be 19 is 95. Yep. I mean, like, it's right. Don't all, all like front office coaches have to be vaccinated, yep. right? Yep. So then we were talking like, we're talking about probably one or two people. Yep. And not very many. it might be the back end of the bench for all we know. I have no clue. <laughs> I, I I didn't ask anyone specifically today, but yeah, it and, sounds and I, like and I will refrain from making an, an anti-vax joke. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, how about a Jax reference instead? Isaiah Jackson. This is a thing I noted that I thought was interesting. That pun was so bad. I hope someone just groaned to listening to this. Uh, this is something that Kevin I did. said specifically. <laughs> I was funny. You groaned? I didn't even hear it. Oh boy. Uh, I, I kind of went. Mm. He said that. And with Isaiah Jackson, they, he has not seen that athleticism with the Pacers since Paul George. Thought that was pretty interesting, especially because Cassius Stanley was on the team last year, and Edmund yeah. Sumner's on the team right now. But I mean, I certainly think peak, peak PG athleticism wise had more athleticism than the two guys I just named. But just it's fascinating to hear that. Well, about P, yeah, I mean, PG at his peak was on just like I mean, he's at his peak another level. Still, he's another level. I mean, he's like he, he arguably like could be a top five player if he played that all season long. Yeah. He also talked about, you know, I asked about continuity a lot with him because like that's his choice every summer, right? I, he wants the same team to try to get better with the same team. And I want to know his thinking on that. And he said this year, you know, it can help with tendencies when you have a new coach coming in. Obviously, you know, that, that's something he talked about a lot last year because they had a lot, a, lot of, a lot of continuity last year as well. And then this year, he also stressed that continuity is a little more important because more can get done when you're like actually able to be in the same room as the guys all the time, instead of zoom a lot and, and spaced out. And it was not as much of a team environment where last year was really demanding on these guys. That was something interesting to probably me and me alone, but that's the kind of questions I like to ask. Uh, so I think Kevin Pritchard and I, Rick Carla brought this up too. I apparently omitted it from my notes that I thought was you know something we talked about that. I, I wasn't sure how the team thought about it. They both brought up how hard their early season schedule is. Right. So the team obviously agrees that it's tough and knows that like, damn, we might be like under 500 after 25 games, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it won't tell the story of the team very well. And Carlisle noted that the Mavs had a really hard schedule last year and that they were like 13th in the West in December at some point. They yeah. Remember finished. they were really bad at start of the year. Luca was like, they had COVID. They had so much COVID problem. COVID, Luca looked out of shape because he hadn't, I don't think thought season wouldn't start so early. Yeah. And then they yeah. figured it out early. So he said that like, you got to stick with it as fans and as players, because your record's not going to tell their story. Well, and like, like we knew their schedule's hard, but this, and like the Warren injury, I said this too, like hearing it from him, it just, 
it takes on a new life to me because that is within the organization. The top dog is saying, oh my gosh, this is going to be really hard. This could go bad for us. You know, that that takes on a new meaning to me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how many games they lose and how experimental they are in that, in that first, what is it, like six weeks? It's really rough. Like, do they, right? Do they just try to play Duarte a ton because they're going to lose anyways and they want to just get a minutes? Do they get go-go minutes? Do they just, they try Lamb to try to get Bustayu up? I mean, we think they're going to do that, but I wonder just how much pain they can take while being, you know what I mean? Like, if they're really experimental, they might lose more games, but it might be worth it in the long run. Yep. Kind of thing. Okay, the roster battle. I didn't actually ask these questions, despite being probably the most interested in it in the room. Um, he talked about Keelan because uh, David Woods is in there, actually, from the Indy Star, and he reports on Butler quite a bit. So I think that was the connection being drawn there. But he said Keelan has a good chance to make the team, but he also said he's got to make the team, though. And he said that being on the Pacers last year gives him a little bit of an advantage. So given Pritchard's quotes, it sounds like of those guys competing for the last roster spot, as we guessed yesterday. Keelan Martin does, in fact, have the best chance of making the team, which makes sense because he's also the best player of the bunch. But again, things take on a new life when the president talks about them. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be I think that none, none of that is unexpected, right? You would think Keelan have the incumbent advantage, but if somebody wows, uh, he's out. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's a totally fair assessment. And But, you know, hearing KP say it, great. We've got it in writing now. I don't know how major minor this stuff is. He said they might try some new things with their medical staff, like practices. And Carlisle lauded the medical staff uh, because both in terms of how good they are and its size. He said they're one of the few teams that have four uh, trainers in the league. Most teams have fewer than four. Uh, but they might, you know, just some minor tweaks as the science continues to evolve. Kevin Pritchard talked about sleep uh, being something that's been been studied more. So we'll see how much that kind of stuff plays into injuries. They are always trying to follow the latest and greatest studies on player health, the Pacers are, but they certainly have a lot of injury prone players right now. We have a whole podcast last week on that. If you want to, or two weeks ago now, wow. On that. If you want to hear more about our thoughts on Pacers injuries, but I'll be, I'll be interested to see if, if any of that tweaking is noticeable, I kind of doubt it on our end, but you know, just if the team is healthy, maybe it's something they stick with. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to tell slight changes. I think, right. If we look at like, like once we get enough, enough games, if we can kind of look at it. Yeah. It'll take a long time to really, right. Like that's the biggest thing. Like we look at, like, it's really hard to look at lineup, lineup data to what, like 30 games in maybe 40, even not even that really, especially with worn out. Oh yeah. True. I was thinking, I'm thinking like in a general sense, like it's like, yeah. I think about 40 games into that. We realized the bench was really good two years ago, but it took yeah. us about that long to figure you that gotta out. Got to get to like, like 300 minutes with the lineup or 250 minutes or so. To like get yeah. really to me at least to really get a feel for it. Yeah, I think you could tell like players per minutes in usage probably twenty five then. Yeah, just a little bit at least if they're all playing. I mean, on Goga, my last note on KP, on Goga, free Goga, uh, the Locked On Pacers podcast movement. He said Goga's in great shape. Goga agreed. Goga has lost weight, which of course every player says that, but Goga specified that he lost weight because of knee pain in the past. That was a health thing. So that's good to hear the reasoning. It's not just like, I'm in great shape and lost weight. Like he had legitimate health reason to do it. He talked about Goga's defense being something that they're really high on. He's gotten, you know, tons of blocks and blocks per minute stats is really high. And they like his defense, but he also said he's got to start making some shots. So I think that they kind of have a blueprint for what they want from Goga, but they also realize that he has struggled offensively. And that's certainly a problem for a guy that they, that is in a pivotal year. So I thought that was interesting to hear. Yeah. I think they got to trade Goga to a team that can play him <laughs> 20 minutes a game. Still. We can only talk about our same Goga talking point so much, but again, again, the last time I'll say this on this podcast, thanks. Take on a new life. When Kevin Pritchard says them. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a team when the season starts, it needs a backup center. <laughs> that, like I'm just gonna be like, they could trade him here. I, I, I don't know yet who, who has the, like, doesn't have a good backup center, but I will figure it out. We're just a crummy team. team. In general, well, yeah, but all crummy teams have like random centers they could right. Like I don't think like, Oklahoma City has like six. I feel like, and so does yeah. Houston in some ways. So like, like if, if we get twenty five games in and go, Goga shot forty three percent last year. Like that was four percent worse than his rookie year. Like if he does that again and he's a twenty five percent three, I think KP's gonna go. All right, like all right, this is not what we. Yeah, want. but if he does that, he's probably being given away for free, basically. <laughs> no, I don't think his value will get that low because his defense is good. But yes, I, I understand that his value is lower than what they picked him with, which is a problem. Yeah. Specific players. We I didn't listen too much to McConnell's uh, pressure. It was down on the court because a lot of the questions were similar to the stuff that was asked in his uh, re-signing introductory press conference. But, you know, he is 
talk he talked about you know he's he's happy to see guys getting reacclimated and and uh, the runs have been good and he wasn't a part of the California stuff with the team because he was a free agent he didn't want to get hurt before signing a deal so you know he's happy to see everybody back together and reacclimating but I don't have much on McConnell so we can we can cruise right over him but okay. Goga yeah that's an interesting one right he super bummed to miss summer league again he's missed both since he's been in the league he hasn't played in one. Uh, he was hoping to get Scott Agnes was asking about this. He's hoping to get his family here this year because he hasn't been able to uh, in his first two years in the league. But the big thing for him, he said, you know, like I said, he lost that 10 pounds. He's really trying to focus on being healthy. He's healthy right now. He's he's playing with the team. He really wants to be healthy and and be on the court enough to contribute in a substantial way and not just in spot minutes when given the chance. And, and health's a big part of that. Could he be getting it good enough that they have to trade one of the other centers to get him minutes? <laughs> If he uh, if he makes shots as KP detail, but really that is a big thing for him, right? Like, you know, a shot he added last year was that kind of like bunny hook thing, and and he got he, like he could create space from his defender with it, but he couldn't make it, which is kind of problematic. Maybe the solution to the to the two center problem is that the two centers of Goga and somebody else both shoot forty percent. Well, if Goga gets like decent enough, I don't think they would start him. I think they'd just say, "All right, you are for sure our backup. You will play twenty minutes a game." Yeah, no, I mean they 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 can slow walk it, but then it's like. <laughs> They got to trade one of the other centers then if they're going to do that because they don't. Welcome they to really. It is now September twenty seventh, twenty twenty four. We are having the exact same turbonus discussions. If we're calling it, well, the, no, because bonus or no, 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 no. I think it's a Todze or something. I, I think as the moment they can go with both centers, like because they don't really have a reliable backup center. But if Goga becomes reliable and even better than maybe one of them, that's them and it's concerning. Well, Goga can defend the rim and Sabonis defends the perimeter and then and then Goga can shoot and Sabonis is on the inside. Adam, it fits perfectly. I it's see basically the same way. I see like, no flaws in this plan. It's basically the same way as uh as Turner and, and Sabonis it, it's are right perfect. now. It's perfect. It's perfect. Or is Jack Jack Todze, Isaiah Jackson, uh, Baxson. Am I just doing too much now? I don't know. I think what's really funny is if they have to trade all three centers to get Isaiah Jackson. That's <laughs> if Isaiah Jackson's as good as he got asked today. My goodness. Uh, so yeah, for Goga, it's just a lot of health and and being ready to seize an opportunity this year. I think he knows what's at stake for him and and his his career this season. Really, so eager for minutes. The last guy we talked to, Tory Craig, since it was his first time playing with his team, he said their their runs and their practices have been going really well. And of course, he said. He is shining with his defense because he said you won't win in these practices if you don't uh, if you aren't the best defender on the court. So, of course, his defense is excellent. It was nice to see him in a Pacers jersey and in the arena. And he said he's been enjoying his new teammates and, and excited to be playing with the Pacers. And everything is perfect in Pacers land. There are no problems. There's nothing to worry about. Season starts today. Yeah, that's a that's a that might be the most cliched response from a player uh, you've given yet on the show. <laughs> there were so many. I mean, I, we still learned a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's like the best possible version of learning a lot, if that makes sense. Like you never hear like, oh, we got, we didn't expect this news to be this bad. Like on media day, it's just, it's just not how it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I said that I love. Actually, we did get on surprising news today, Adam. What? Bankers Life Fieldhouse isn't the name of the stadium anymore. <laughs> that was <laughs> but, the but I think, I think if we had, had thought about it a little bit deeper, <laughs> we would have realized it was going to happen. And we would have said it on yesterday's podcast, but yeah, we didn't think yeah. that hard. <laughs> so. It was a normal media day, but you know the updates on Warren were the, the biggest part of the day or a big part of the day. We couldn't get any commitments on rotations and starting lineups. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it all manifest. They have practice tomorrow. We'll have our first post-practice media tomorrow. Uh, so we'll learn a lot then as well. Uh, but I don't have anything else on media day besides that the Pacers are winning the championship if you ask anyone within the organization. So looking forward to that. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, man. Let's hope it. <laughs> Uh, this is a joke question, but I was actually thinking about this today. The end of October, I need to look up the Pacers schedule. This is our, our end of our show discussion because you follow football more than me. By the end of October. Yeah, right, right, right now I'm watching the uh, Eagles-Cowboys game desperately cheering for Mark Cooper to get five more fantasy points <laughs> so I can win my league. Win my the, game Pacers, the Pacers have played seven games by the end of August, okay? Well, they have October. more wins than the Colts by then. Oh, but you might you might end of October. Um, October, excuse me. Yes. Okay, so the Colts will play. The Colts have five more games by then. So yeah, um, it was more wins at the end of October. The Colts. It'll be close. The Colts probably have two or three, I would guess, and the Pacers might have two or three if I had to guess. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun thing to keep track of. Who has who has more wins and losses by the end of October? Because after that, 
the basketball schedule just runs away with the raw number of games. But by the end of October, it's actually close enough that it'll be a fun, a fun race to the end. That was my end of, I am so football savvy that I can ask cool questions like that, Adam. Uh, all right. <laughs> I just Googled the cold schedule show, just like. to, to get a feel for what I'm talking about. And their schedule is really hard. Um, another Pacers adjacent thing, hard early season schedules. I got nothing else today. Media day was really fun. It was cool to see all the, the media people, all the players and see TJ McConnell in an elf suit, giving out presents in front of a green screen. It's always just some silly fun things you get to see at media day. So yeah. Do you, do you get, hold on before do you, you get like hints of what's going to be like the in game, like thing. Cause right. I, they film all right now. Right. Yeah. We, in the past, it's to give you way more insight into media day than you are asking for with this question, Adam, for listeners, when they used to do media day, it was on the court at um, not banker's life. <laughs> uh, and it was like a big semicircle. So they would kind of players would go from station to station. So they would take their team photo and then the next one's their AP photo. And then the next one is uh, like the, I, I don't know what the next photo was. And then it was like the in stadium promo stuff. So they would like, you know, TJ leaf has a picture I have of him with like a rose in his mouth. And I have one of Bojan with a big scarf on and miles Turner national dude and stuff. So usually I get a gist of what they're going to be. But this year, because what they did is they had had us all in the same press conference room they used for the stadium name announcement. We didn't see a lot of the stuff on the court. And then when we went down there, it was kind of like separated where like since it was on the practice score, like half of it was pictures and the other half was the media side. So I didn't get to see as much. Uh, I did see McConnell in the elf suit. I did not see Duarte in it, but the Pacers did share that Duarte on their socials that Duarte was in it as well. So we know that the, the Christmas promo, that one we would have known anyway, but there's always one interesting other thing that they do that I always get to see. And I didn't get to see it this year. I'm a little bummed about it. Well, and while you were on that long description, I saw Mark Hooper get a catch for 12 yards in that PPR league. So, Hey, there exciting. we go. Fun stuff going on. There we go. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. I hope you learned something about the Pacers and media day. Uh, the rest of this week, what we're going to do is preview a position group for the Pacers. We'll do the guards for Wednesday, the wing slash forwards, for Thursday and the bigs for Friday uh, to look at their season by group uh, a little more holistically instead of going player by player. And then next week, for those who have been listening to the show for a while, we'll get into the swing of things, right? The weekly shows previewing the Pacers games, what to watch for each week. We'll preview the games, break down the games. What have we learned about the team? So much to get into. It's going to be awesome. So a uh, lot of great content coming up on Lockdown Pacers. Since we are back to five days a week, this is our first Tuesday pod in like a month and a half. So uh, I'm excited to be back in full swing. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be back as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. So thank you guys again for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.